Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you on Friday, August 13th. And week one of the 2021 preseason is finally upon us. Saturday night at 7 o'clock, the Jacksonville Jaguars entertain the Cleveland Browns. Coming up today, a review of the best of the week on Jaguars.com and Jaguars Broadcasting, including Maurice Jones-Drew and Fred Taylor breaking down the Jaguars running backs. Plus, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer make their NFL debuts. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars official podcast network, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Season tickets, single game tickets, and group tickets. Be a part of the new era of Jaguars football and own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Let's start today with head coach Urban Meyer. It is a big night ahead for the new look Jaguars on Saturday against the Cleveland Browns. What are his expectations in preseason week one? I want a clean game. You know, we spent an amount, an inordinate amount of time on fundamentals of the game. Um, and I expect a winner mentality, winner mentality that every play, you know, the, the reality is that there's people across from you trying to take your job. You're trying to, you know, you're in, some of these guys are in survival mode. And I respect that. And so how do we, you know, we, we're going to back off a lot of the twos and threes. They're going to play a majority of the game, 40 plus plays, to get their legs back because a lot of guys are blown out right now. So. A clean game, taking care of the football, uh, hustling on and off the field, um, and then competitors. Every grade, every play is going to be graded, and you either win the rep or you lose the rep. And that's, I'm hoping you see a, a real competitive group. Also this week, Meyer invited newly enshrined Hall of Fame head coach Jimmy Johnson to speak with the team. Meyer shared some of his philosophy of having guests in to talk with the Jags team and recalled a visit to Foxborough when he was back at Florida. Something that I've done is my entire adult life, I've spent um, a human performance, human behavior. I just I can't get enough studying that and of winners, you know, great players, the great coaches, the great teams. and. I kind of locked in on when when Bill Belichick invited me up to New England in 06. They were coming off a back-to-back Super Bowls, and I was mesmerized with the way that organization was ran, the leadership within the locker room. And then I also, because Jimmy's a friend, he became a really good friend at uh, Fox, and I've known Michael Irvin. We became friends, and I just, for the last six months, dove into the the history of that turnaround, and, and it's it's just incredible opportunity to learn. And Michael Irvin came in, and he gave an A-plus talk about the locker room. Jimmy Johnson follows up with use of highlight video, et cetera, and our players couldn't get enough. I had to cut it off. But they were, and I'm grateful, those guys are busy guys to do that for us. To me, it's all about the locker room. Once you get culture inside that locker room where, you know, Rabel, Bruschi, Tom Brady, I think it was Rodney Harrison, when I first went to visit the Patriots, I was just astonished at how the team was run from that locker room. And the same thing when you study about Michael Irvin and, uh, you know, they tell the story about when they first got there, it was all about Tuesday payday. They didn't care if they won or lost. And they changed that. And they changed it how? By they got a room full of competitors in that locker room that it's not about the Tuesday payday. It's about winning. And if that fits your job description, it's a good place for you. If it doesn't, you can't stay here. That was the message, and it was pretty profound. 
Now to the nuts and bolts of in-game coaching. Situational football is much different in the NFL than it is in college. The two-minute rules are much different. Strategy of challenge flags and the like. That's partly why Meyer wanted NFL experience in his coordinators to help with that transition. The Jaguars analytics department helps also. Well, this is interesting that in college football that, uh, you know, in professional football, I want to say it's seven out of uh, ten times you're going to come down to the final drive. In college football, it's not that way at all. So we actually have an analytics team. We have Bevel, and I have two guys. That's their old job is analytics. And we've actually been working at night going through the scenarios. Uh, so we do have two-point charts, but it's a little more complicated. Just go for two. There's a lot of variables that, uh, quite honestly, I have never been this detailed as we are now because it just didn't happen very much. You studied uh, the challenge flag and the probability and statistics behind that since obviously you didn't know that. Well, that's a big reason why Bev's going to be upstairs and he's going to have you know, strategically located people that help me with that. Uh, to say I have the answers for that, I'm going to learn as we go. But I'm going to rely, like I always have, I think most coaches would tell you they, the chaos on the field, you have to have someone upstairs in, a, in that kind of environment that has all the data in front of them and then plus that video. Myers said that offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel will be in the coach's booth with passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer on the field. We move now to quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Myers said Thursday morning that both Lawrence and Gardner Minshew II would play Saturday night, but he wasn't ready to name the starter or to say how long the first team would play as a whole. No matter the time or the amount of snaps in the game, Lawrence is ready to go. Pump. First game, obviously. Uh, it's nice we're playing at home uh, in front of the home crowd, so we're really excited. We've been working past three, four weeks, but really even since the spring, uh, just trying to get ready for for these moments. And this will be this will be good. A lot of people are going to play, but I mean, this is a in our minds, it's a real game. We're still trying to win the game. A lot of people look at preseason differently, but uh, I think this is where it starts for for the Jags this year is is game one preseason. How have you gotten better going through your reads throughout the last week or so? Yeah, I think uh, as, as time goes on, you, you keep learning, and when you learn from a mistake, uh, when, you, when you make a mistake, it's like, well, I'm not going to do that again. So it's like I've had a few, I mean, dumb mistakes over the past few weeks. That's just part of, you know, the, the learning, learning curve, the learning process, and, you know, the, the good thing is when you make a mistake, you're, not, you're probably not going to do the same thing again. So that's the way I've been looking at it. Uh, but I think just trusting my guys, building that, um, I guess, relationship and connection and trust with them to where – I'm not having to really think. I know I know what I'm doing. They know what they're doing, and I know the spot they're going to be in. And I think we're getting more and more comfortable. And then uh, for me, just keeping it simple, finding the open guy, not trying to do too much. We got great players. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to run around and do everything. We got guys that can make plays. So just trusting them. What are your expectations for playing time on Saturday? Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I know I'm going to play. So that's just if I know I'm going to play, I'm going to be prepared, and, and that's the way I'm looking at it. So uh, how much? Don't really, don't really know for sure. Um, sure, a fair amount. So, just gonna be ready for for whatever I have. I know me and Gardner will will play. If Darren or Brian or Irvin says to you, okay, you're gonna play X amount, mm -hmm. and you in your mind maybe you want to play maybe another series or two, would you be comfortable lobbing the coach's head? Can, can, <laughs> can you can you give me another series or something like that? Yeah, I'd be comfortable, but I don't I don't think that'll really help. So, <laughs> I don't think it'll really matter. But uh, for sure, that's how. We're all like that. When you when you get in a game and you get rolling, you get in a, a rhythm, you want to keep playing. But also, you got to understand that it's a long season. So I understand that, and I think you know I just I just really trust the coaches and their plan. 
So uh, we'll be ready, though. Everybody's looking forward to the debut of number 16 tomorrow night. On Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday night, Sirius XM radio host Jim Miller, a former journeyman quarterback in the NFL, including a 1997 stop with the Jags, shared his thoughts on Lawrence and Minshew. Urban even this morning said they're still a quarterback competition, and that would be the case going in uh, maybe all the way to week one against Houston. Do you buy it? Um. No, I, I agree with it. I think that they're they're ultimately going to make a decision. I think everybody just kind of by default thinks it's going to be Trevor Lawrence is, is going to get in there. But you can't just throw the kid to the wolves. You know, uh, Daryl Bevel, who I know well, I played against him in college and know him as a coach. You know, they're going to know where he's at. Can he protect himself? Can he, you know, does he understand the blitzes, the hot routes, the audibles, all those things? And that's going to show itself. So I think, you know, for coach, I don't know why uh, any coach would just declare the position open, especially when you've got a young guy uh, coming in you know I give the example of, of Wilson up there for the for the New York Jets unfortunately Greg Knapp passes away and they really that kid's not insulated right now there's not a veteran around him that has really played and it's a young team that uh, have have a lot of competitive spots I think it's much better here for Trevor Lawrence but I think he's got to show all those things not just throw him to the wolves if he if he's earned the position when he's ready to play he'll, he'll get out there and obviously that's a credit to Gardner Minshew to really coming out and competing he hasn't conceded anything and he's making it in a competitive room for Trevor Lawrence is the future of if it goes Trevor Lawrence's way does Gardner Minshew stick around here as the backup? Does he have value elsewhere in the league? How do you see his value? Well, you know, you listen to Urban Meyer. He said, hey, this isn't a four-year plan. It's a one-year plan. And I would think Gardner comes in with the most experience that, God forbid, if Trevor were to go down to injury, I think Gardner gives you a better chance to win than no offense to C.J. Beathard. He has played uh, from his standpoint, but to me, Minshew's a physical upgrade uh, to him. So to me, I think there's value in keeping Minshew here. We move to the offensive backfield into the running back room, and former Jaguars running back Maurice Jones-Drew was at Jaguars camp this week with NFL Network, and Jaguars reporter Ashlyn Sullivan got his thoughts on the changes and the running backs. We haven't had the chance to talk with you since the draft. Yes. Travis Etienne is out here on this field. Can't wait to watch him. Have James Robinson, have Carlos Hyde. How is this going to work? How are they going to split up all these running backs? Uh, I, I think it's more about who gets hot, right? That's the most important thing. You have a... a a plethora of guys that do different things. Uh, obviously, Travis can do a lot more than the other guys. A, a more versatile guy out of the backfield, a guy that can line up in different places. But whoever gets hot is going to be the one that's going to carry the load. I, I was in one of those backfields with Fred Taylor, and regardless if I got hot or not, Fred was still going to get the ball. So I knew I just had to be uh, very precise and direct with my touches. But at the same time, I think it's an open competition. Guys are competing to get better, and that it's all only going to be good for the Jaguars because they're all going to be ready to go. You have social media, so I'm sure you see this. After the draft, the Jaguars draft Travis Etienne, and some people are like, well, why would you do that when you have James Robinson? But Coach Myra is telling us the importance of fresh legs is a real thing. No question. I think those people need to uh, mind their business. They don't know anything. <laughs> um, no, I, I, this is the thing. You know, uh, I thought the Jags were in a great position to draft best available, right? Um, you take, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is your first pick. You have an opportunity to get best available once they were at 25. Um, and Travis is sitting there, and you saw his career, you saw how explosive he was, how versatile he was. You, you see a lot of possibly Christian McCaffrey in there, and so you want to have that because you see what the Panthers One look minute. like Three. with Christian One and minute. without him, right? So if I can get something similar or close to that, I want that. And so I thought it was an awesome pickup. Yes, it may take away from uh, James's touches a little bit, but that's okay. Like, it's about, it's about winning here, and I think this city is, is ready for that. I think Urban is bringing a ton of positivity, a ton of excitement. 
and that draft pick shows that he wants to win, right? Yeah, we have some other holes, but we want to be more athletic, we want to be uh, faster, more explosive, and that's what we're getting here with Travis. All right, MJD, I know you know this. You're addressing the team after practice. I just heard, yeah. Yeah, what's your game plan? What are you going to say? Uh, I'm just going to tell them, you know, like, in order to be a great team, it's something I wish I did more of when I was here was uh, holding our each other accountable. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, one, and then two, not taking things personal when you're being held accountable. And then three, giving it everything you have every day to get better. That's the only way to get better is when you give everything you have, right? Uh, if you're sore, if you're not feeling well, still go out there and push yourselves. And, and I, like the greats that have played here, that's what they did. That's the way I was taught. And uh, I, I think the biggest thing though, in order for the Jags to get where they want to get to, holding each other accountable, uh, not allowing guys to miss things, not allowing guys to be comfortable and rest on their laurels is something that'll help uh, get them over the hump. The full video available on Jaguars.com. We stay in the backfield with a sneak preview of Saturday evening's pregame visit with pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor. And he offers his thoughts about the early preseason depth chart at running back. They're all going to get some time. What do you make of the running back room now? You know, I'm loving it, man. I think they have extreme dynamic in there. They have, you know, a solid vet in Hyde. He still has some, you know, left in his tank. You know, just going back to J.R. James Robinson, he's a year older, right? He's a happy belated birthday about a week or two ago. Uh, so I want to give him a birthday shout out. But again, to be undrafted and come in and do the things he did, you know, as remarkable. And I think he's hungry and excited, you know, in year two and showing people that he wasn't a fluke. So I'm excited for him as well. And uh, Travis, man, ETN, as you mentioned, smaller guy, but not small, small, but he's just a little bit smaller than those guys. Uh, he's going to prove that he can bang around in there. You know, he has some ex very good versatility. They're going to move him around, able to create different form uh, formation uh, matchups with the linebackers. Maybe some teams are bringing heavy. Maybe some teams got to adjust and bring in a nickel package. Coach Meyer, and, and, and as well, it'll allow the offense to identify coverage a lot quicker. So uh, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to have three versatile running backs in the room, much like Maurice and myself. You know, Maurice was uh, a guy who can you can flank him out out wide in a slot. He can run drag routes, short slant routes. He can take a deep run wheel routes out of the backfield. And I'm sure Coach Meyer is looking to use uh, uh, Travis Etienne in the same manner. And with Mojo, he can hide behind the offensive line. Nobody he, can see him coming. <laughs> yes, he could for sure. Uh, man, I miss that guy. But uh, I, I think Travis will uh, prove to everyone that the first round selection the team took him as it was warranted the full conversation with fred taylor coming up saturday night about 6 40 on countdown to kickoff on the jaguars radio network when we return defensive talk including coordinator joe cullen's pressure plans second year rusher caleb on is progressing in a new defense plus analyst jeff Lagerman breaks down battles in the secondary all that after this Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Jaguars' new Prowl Pass gives you nine home games for just 225 bucks. Visit jaguars.com slash prowl and get yours today. 
And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars Podcast Network, a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify. We have this podcast each Friday, Monday, and Thursday happy hour. Drive time in the mornings. Give us that five-star rating. We continue now with our review of the week with defensive talk. Joe Cullen is in his first year as defensive coordinator. What are the plans for this defense? What will this thing look like? Relentless is a good word to start with. We'll blitz anybody anywhere from anywhere on the field. A corner can come, a safety can come, a nickel. But yes, our linebackers are going to be asked to blitz. And, you know, in the challenges the other day, both those guys that you just mentioned, Dakota was all over the field and did, did a nice job. A key piece of the scheme is second-year defensive end and outside linebacker Caleb Unchason. He battled through a frustrating rookie season in 2020. I'm going to be honest, like, you know, just coming from where I come from, like just a winning background, like I won in high school, won in college, and then, like, you know what I'm saying, like it just wasn't kind of going our way, so it kind of got to me a little bit, but just as the year, as the time go on, you know what I'm saying, like I just got to focus on the positive thing. Like every day I was figuring out just what I can get better in, what I can take in, like, I'm not going to sit here and just be like, hey, I don't pay attention to media. Like, I see, you know what I'm saying? Like, we've grown. Like, we see every, what everybody talking about. And I know what I need to get better. I know what I got to fix up. And that's just some things that we're trying to polish up the whole time. As this offseason has progressed, so has Chase on. Oh, man, I'm tremendously progressed, you know. Just as, as time goes on, you get more film, you get more time to study, and then you just get around vets and people who've been around the game. I talked to Roy, Malcolm, people who's been in the league. You know, obviously Josh been in for a couple years, smooth, and just people across the D-line who's kind of giving me knowledge every day, and just Zach, Coach Tosh, people who've seen the league and just see how things come and just, the NFL is a copycat league, you know what I'm saying? You're going to see it one game, you're going to see it the next game, you're going to see it the next, like everybody's kind of doing the same thing, so uh, I'm, pr- I'm progressing tremendously and I'm taking advantage of it. He and Josh Allen on the opposite side form a strong duo of rushers. On the interior, Cullen discussed the big tackles, Devon Hamilton and Malcolm Brown. I tell you, they're working, they're working great every day. And I tell you, you know, Wednesday, when we had our challenge day, they both really stood tall. And, you know, Ham's a second-year guy. Loved him coming out. Uh, he's got the makeup of, of what we need in the middle. Big 330-pound girth nose tackle that can get knocked back. And he showed that on Wednesday with pads. Hamilton has experience with head coach Urban Meyer back at Ohio State. But the message, while familiar, never gets stale. No, you got to pay attention every time, man. And, you know, you never know when he's going to throw a question at you. You never know when he's going to expect something out of you. And, again, it's a challenge on and off the field. I guess the favorite thing you, that Herb says, what's your favorite thing that he says? Uh, rel- relentless effort. I mean, that, that's, that's going to win games. I mean, honestly, we got everybody out there plus two and finishing. I mean, it's really not too many teams that's going to beat us. We move to linebacker. Damian Wilson came to the Jaguars in free agency from the Kansas City Chiefs and was in a battle with incumbent Joe Schobert for a middle linebacker spot. Thursday afternoon, reports surfaced that the Jaguars had traded Schobert to the Pittsburgh Steelers after one year with the organization. Schobert was the leading tackler for the Jags in 2020. Let's move to the secondary. With C.J. Henderson off to the side early in camp and working his way back full since then, there is a battle at one of the outside cornerback spots. Plus, four players are competing for one of the safety positions. Jeff Lagerman and I broke it down on Thursday's Jaguars Happy Hour. And I know there's a couple other positions at cornerback. There's a couple co-starters in Sidney Jones, who is a veteran guy coming back from an injury. And then the second-round pick, Tyson Campbell, who – um, he should be the a Marvel superhero called the Shadow because the guy can run and he's right in the hip pocket of wide receivers playing man. I mean, he's that good. The Shadow. 
He, I mean, seriously, that would really? be a cool name for him. Is that copyrighted? Uh, I don't think so, but we should rush out and do it real quick. <laughs> I think we could do that online right now. No, maybe. but I, seriously, I think I would. I, if, He's I, that good. if I had to He's give been him that good, I call him the shadow because I mean, when I watched his college film, I mean, he was always right there, and when you watch him even out there now yeah. against top well, higher end talent than what he faced in college. He's doing some of the same exact things that you watched him do in college. And and he has elite speed. And the guys that can stay with somebody like when I said when I call him Shadow, the guys that can't do that are the ones that don't have elite speed because they're always trying to make up for the lack of speed by maybe playing them a little bit more off. The guys that truly have elite speed, they're not worried about somebody running by them because they know they've got the speed to be able to make up and, and catch them. And that's what this young man Tyson Campbell has. He's a good one. And now on the back end of the doesn't defense. have ball skills. If there's a little bit of okay. a weakness, that's the one area that okay. he's got to work on. Okay. When the ball's when in I the air. When I say doesn't have ball skills, ability to knock it down, but in some cases he's in position to where – Make a play on the ball yeah. and intercept it, which is what, like Andre Cisco, he's one of the best at it. He's fantastic at it up at Syracuse. So, and the other position on the back end of the defense, a free safety, Rayshon Jenkins is the starter, at least on the first depth chart. Strong safety, there are four co starters Josh Jones or Jared Wilson or Rudy Ford or Andre Cisco. And that's a good battle. I mean, Jared Wilson's been the starter here for a number of years. Josh Jones has been a, has a very physical element to his game. Is a little bit of a liability, I think, in coverage sometimes. But if you're going to play him in the box, he might have a little bit of an advantage. And Rudy Ford's a physical guy. Uh, Cisco is, I think, is eventually the heir apparent just because of his ball skills. If and, he doesn't uh, win it outright in his the start of the year, well, but you remember now he's coming back from the I knee. believe an ACL. That's you know pretty significant injury that he had. So what he's been out there every day as far as he I has know. been, and he and he and you know a lot of guys that you see come back, and and I've had an ACL, and and uh, and it's not easy, and there are moments where you just don't feel normal, but when you watch him, you don't see any signs of him favoring that knee. So that's really good for the Jaguars from that standpoint. The archives of both hours of Jaguars Happy Hour available on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. And remember to subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you download your pods. Leave a comment for us and a five-star rating. The broadcast schedule Saturday. It's a 4 p.m. start for the Publix Tailgate Show. Mike Dempsey and I will get you ready for kickoff with the latest news and special guests throughout the two hours. Then at 6 o'clock, Jaguars Radio Network coverage takes over with Countdown to Kickoff, including a pregame visit with Jaguars owner Shad Khan, pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor, and the final word with head coach Urban Meyer. Fred Taylor and I will have updates on the video boards during the game at TIAA Bank Field. And then post-game, catch Jaguars post-game, presented by Florida Home AC. We'll have the first word with head coach Urban Meyer right off the field after the game. And then that's all followed by the scoreboard show. Bucky Brooks jumps in with us to take your phone calls. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast, presented by TIAA Bank.